Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. We'd like to welcome two new sponsors to Satellite Sisters. And our furry friends are not to be forgotten. Thanks to all the sponsors of the Satellite Sisters podcast. And thanks to the Satellite Sisterhood for supporting the people that support us. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California, and I'm with my two uh, sisters, Julie and Liz. Julie there in Dallas, Texas. Hey, Jewel, what's happening there? Hi, Leah. Well, I'm I'm really just happy to be with you and Liz today. It's okay. Tuesday. We're going to be right. talking. Yeah. Like, that can't be bad. That's the way I feel about it. <laughs> that's, one, that's one way to measure success. Yes. It's Tuesday and we're talking. All right. Liz, it's Tuesday and we're talking, right? That's what's, what's I, happening. I'm enjoying it too. Yes. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. This, this will be fun today. I did want to mention right at the top that I just posted something in our Facebook group that we need to ask people to help us with. One of my projects uh, this month is redoing the Satellite Sisters Media Kit, sisters. You know, and that's, that's the little kit we have posted online at SatelliteSisters.com. That's all the information about the show. And we send that to advertisers and other people. And uh, we realized that all of the listener data we had was now like four years old. And so at the very least, we're all four years older. <laughs> so uh, you had to remind us that, Liz. Thanks. <laughs> so anyway, I posted a link on the Facebook group, and I will also post a link in the show notes for today. It's super easy. Just six questions. Answer whichever ones you want. Skip whichever ones you want. But whatever. If you could just fill that out so we have some updated listener information, that's what helps our show grow. So thanks for doing that. All right. Liz, where is that again? It, it's posted already in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So okay. if you remember there, you'll see it. And then today when I do the show notes, I will put it in the show notes. So you can just click on the link. The link actually takes you to Libsyn, who is the uh, the syndicator of our show. So you'll see uh, it's a link that takes you away to another site and you just fill out the questions. All right. Just check. Just checking, okay. just checking. All right. Besides the survey, we have a full show, uh, Grocery Store Wars. Who's excited for it? I know I am. Oh, I can't totally. wait. I can't wait Lynn, to you see were what the happens. First, you were the first person I thought of when that, that big deal got announced. I was like, Leon is going to be psyched. <laughs> this has been my beat for many years, grocery stores. I feel like my expertise could really be used here. Uh, but Liz, you're afraid you're never going to get a real job because of certain questions they're asking now at interviews. I can't wait to hear what that is. I know. Wait, wait till you hear. I'm not sure you're, that any of us are going to qualify anymore to be employed anywhere. But, you know, uh, I will share. Julie, after one weekend in front of the TV, you have some suggestions to fix golf. Uh, I, I think I'm going to fix it. I, I, the light, I had my light bulb moment watching the, uh, the U.S. Uh, finals, whatever, that U.S. Open, that, whatever that golf tournament was. I, I know how to fix it. I'm going to okay. share it with you. Yeah. I enjoy golf because you can nap and watch at the same time. That's, that's one of the few yeah. sports. You can actually fall asleep and watch the sport. Uh, not fall behind at all. Liz, you have some, uh, some branding advice for the Eclipse. 
Who do you call do. when you need to fix the eclipse? I was, you know, I was in Bend last week. They're very excited about their eclipse, but, you know, there are some issues about how we're going to talk about the eclipse. So I just wanted to bring that up. I, I have some suggestions. All right. Also, we have some movie and book recommendations. But first, one of the breaking news headlines of the week was the very sad story of the young man that was released from North Korea. Julie, you want to talk about I know. that? I, know. I mean, Otto so Warmbier from Ohio, you know, he has died yesterday. And, it, you know, he really suffered a, a what what has to be a vicious death uh, that he was imprisoned and, you know, for 15 years, hard labor in North Korea, he had gone over there for a five-day tour. He allegedly or apparently stole a banner or a poster from his hotel. And uh, and now he's dead. You know, he's a young, he was a UVA student. And it's just so sad. It was really, really you know, sad. When they, when they had that video on the news of them rolling him off the plane, oh. I just, my heart broke. I mean, he just seemed like the more we get to know about him, he was adventurous, he was curious, you know, he certainly, you know, wanted to, you know, he was in China, heard about this exciting opportunity to go visit North Korea. And I understand it because I went to North Korea, you know, it was the same sort of thrill, excitement. This is, you know, the, you know, the hidden republic. But uh, what a terrible ending for for his family and his friends. And uh, they announced yesterday the Young Pioneer Tours, which was the tour organization that put together the tour that Otto Warmbier was on, will no longer take Americans that, you know, I think that's a good idea. Um, But this tour company is based in China and it's run by a British expat. And they have been doing this for a number of years, taking groups, uh, organized groups to North Korea. Um, and But I don't think that they ever, you know, I mean, obviously, they didn't really represent the danger that was involved. You don't know how much, you know, preparation this tour company told, to, in particular to the U.S. citizens that were traveling to North Korea. I think that's different. I mean, that... You know, North Korea still thinks they're at war with the U.S. So U.S. citizens traveling to North Korea are have a whole different set of restrictions than British citizens or Canadian citizens. It was interesting. I noticed um, Corio Tours, which is a tour group that I went on with my friend Susie. They're still listing North Korea as the ultimate experience. And, you know, they, they have a statement on their website about that they feel that they can be responsible. And this is still a great thing. They're not going to cut any of their tours short. Uh, and they feel like they're involved in responsible tourism. But, oh, God. But would you ever go, Julie? Would you no, go? no. I mean, you oh. absolutely should not go as an American. You should absolutely not go as an American. Uh, and I don't think others now should go to support this regime because, I mean – this, I mean, this was just, they used this kid as a pawn. And, and then when he became, you know, so ill that they, that he was of not, no use to the government, they gave him back to his parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a tragedy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that uh, it's, it's a terrible thing. And, you know, I really, our thoughts are with that family as they try to reconcile this awful thing that has happened to them. So, yes. Yes. That is for sure. True. Okay. 
switching switching gears completely now. Uh, other big news headlines for the week is that Amazon bought for thirteen billion dollars the grocery chain Whole Foods, and <laughs> is sparking what the papers are calling a grocery store wars. And <laughs> I know, and, and you're psyched. You're psyched. I'm, I'm psyched. I mean, I'm psyched because I felt for some time now that something has to go with the grocery business. It's just, I am an old timey grocery shopper. Like I still go to the grocery store, buy a cart full of stuff, ingredients, I like to call them, food that I <laughs> that I come home and I cook and I make into meals for my family. I, yeah. I don't buy a lot of prepared food. I I don't do a lot of quick casual. I'm not just grabbing stuff from the deli, a hot chicken, and calling calling it dinner. And I you felt, are the last person, Leanne. You could be the last person in America doing that. It's true. As, as we have said, Leanne, when you come to Leanne Dolan's house, you get a hot meal with two sides. Okay, <laughs> if that it's a very fine dinner uh, that you cook up. And I'm just I'm shocked when I go to say the Whole Foods that we have here in Pasadena that people are eating in the restaurant in Whole Foods. Like we have so many restaurants. Why? Why is the Whole Foods restaurant packed? But it's packed all the time. And I noticed I was recently in Portland and Liz, there's that Vons in the Pearl. There's a brew pub in the Vons now. I don't, <laughs> what is that? I Liz? Know. That's... <laughs> you know, even your little grocery store in Bend, they're like dining establishments in grocery stores. And yet me with my big cart, sometimes I go through, you know, the one or two lines they occasionally have open in grocery stores now. And they're like, wow, you have a lot of food there. I'm like, well, yes, I cook it at home. <laughs> well, see, that's yes. the thing, Leanne. You equate dining and cooking. And for many people, that is no longer an equation. You can dine with that. You can go to the grocery store and dine. I just, why, would you need, why would you need to like deconstruct all that food into its ingredients, put it in a card, take it home, and then just reconstruct it? When you can just dine right there. And I know people are expecting, you know, Amazon to revolutionize it. And I'm envisioning that someday I'll just wheel my cart through some sort of, you know, metal detector and like, it'll be like, they'll just tell me how much my cart is worth without having to scan everything. You know, that's what, that's what I think. Oh, that would be a good, good thing. Maybe they would load up your cart. Maybe (laughs) you wouldn't even have to go to the store. Maybe a drone would land in your backyard. I don't want any of that, Julie. I just want to go to the grocery store and fill my cart up and have somebody nice like Michelle, who regularly listens to our show, check me out and we can have a little chit chat. And she'll say to me, oh, what are you going to do with the chicken this week, Leanne? And I'll be able to, we do a little recipe exchange and then I have an efficient bag or bag it. I, I don't need much, Jeff Bezos. I just want to go back to the future. Just service uh-huh. customers who buy groceries as opposed to go to a grocery store to enjoy craft beverages. Who? <laughs> well, Leanne, I read that one of the things that this big deal between Amazon and Whole Foods means is that all grocery store retailers are going to have to bring more excitement to the grocery store. Which I, I that I like. I like just yeah. what, and the excitement for me is more checkers at key times and, and baggers <laughs> that remember how to bag. Just put the meat separately, baggers. Put okay. it separately. Like, no, I think Liam, they're talking I, about more free samples, sort of more like Stu Leonard's in Connecticut, more yeah. costumed farming. Joe's. Yeah wine and beer everywhere this is what this is what they want in new york city now they have something called a produce butcher 
What do you think that would be? Oh, like that's, the, oh, I like a produce expert. That's good. I don't know. Print the vegetables for you oh, uh, before you take them. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I like that interacting might- with the people in the produce department. So I'm for that. I just don't forget the people, Jeff Bezos. That's what I'm saying. The people that work in the grocery stores, don't forget them. Because they, if you're actually buying groceries to cook as food, they're very helpful. <laughs> they're very helpful. <laughs> Again, yeah. don't forget people like me that just go and buy ingredients. You know, it's not all about the prepared stuff. I've noticed that over the years, it seems like grocery stores have forgotten people like me. So I, I'm all for excitement. Just don't forget the people. And don't forget the groceries. <laughs> and, uh, I think he's going to forget the cashiers, though. I think that's Jeff Bezos' thing. I think that's just wrong. to do away with the cashiers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's wrong. Because have you ever been to one of those self-check things where you've actually been able to do it by yourself? No. 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 Never once. Put the item back in the bagging area. Please put the item back in the bagging area. Please put the item back in the bagging area. That has never worked. Like, I don't have an item in the bagging area. I'm buying a single thing. I'm not going to put it in the bagging area. So, so again, unless they can do the full body scan, cart, So you're, you're imagining more like a TSA operation, Leon, at the grocery store. That I would am. be pleasant. So pleasant, Leon. I'm looking forward to that. No, not at all. Okay, Jeff Bezos, we think you should give Leon a call. Yeah. You may just have too many techno geeks. Uh, they are cooking stuff up in uh, Seattle, but they're not actually cooking. Right. Stuff. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. Exactly. People still want ingredients and they want people. People, (laughs) that's what I want, Jeff Bezos. But I'm excited to see what changes may come because I think it's been stagnating for a while. They have forgotten about me and I hope, I hope somebody recalls me. (laughs) In the grocery store wars, I hope I'm the big winner. Let's let's just put it that way. (laughs) Okay. Well, in the same category as Back to the Future and maybe technology is changing so fast that it's going to leave us behind, uh, I saw a story in the uh, New York Times business section today that made me think, I may never get another job of any kind. And here's why. And I would say the same for you guys, too, (laughs) because here's what's happening. The headline is, to solve puzzle of hiring, Jaguar uses brain teasers so basically oh i hate brain teasers okay julie here's the deal like back in the day companies relied on job fairs and advertising they talked to you they tried to attract candidates they did all of that 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 is over here's what the first pass is going to be and not just jaguar there are a bunch of different companies they mention here applicants are invited to explore a garage belonging to the band gorillas and assemble a Jaguar sports car. So you follow me here? This is job application by video game sisters. It's going to be a game that you have to play. So once in this Jaguar example, once you complete that stage, you're confronted with a series of code breaking puzzles. So this is excellent news for your sons, Leon, yeah. because I can imagine them, you know, enjoying putting a car together in a video game and then the code breaking puzzles. But I'm not so sure that everyone is cut out to apply for their jobs this way. And for the tech companies, I kind of understand like there are like here's one, the government communications headquarters. So basically Britain's main signals intelligence agency, they tested potential recruits that required they crack a digital code. Okay, that makes sense to me. 
you're in signals intelligence. I get it. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that seems like an appropriate skill. But well, I don't really think I want you putting together a Jaguar, Liz. I'm not <laughs> driving around. I mean, I mean, you are a very talented person. But I don't think like no. auto mechanics or auto engineering is uh, is your strong suit. So. Okay, well, how about this one, Julie? How about what Marriott is doing? Marriott asked applicants to manage a virtual hotel, serving guests, managing a budget, and training employees all to see if they had what it took to run one of the company's hotels. In other words, you're playing Farmville, Julie. You're playing Farmville, <laughs> and based on how you score on Farmville, Marriott is going to decide if you're going to find uh, the hospitality industry rewarding. So I kind of have a beef with that. Then there's one here, um, another, this is also automotive. The AXA Group and Daimler Trucks have teamed up with Knack. This is another video game that measures traits and abilities like social intelligence and spatial reasoning. One of its games, Dashy Dash, uh, <laughs> calls, involves, get this, playing a restaurant waiter and serving patrons based on their happy, sad, or angry facial impressions. Well, again, could we go back to the future? If you want to see if people know how to do that, let them be a waiter. Have some real people. Like, do I uh, interacting with the happy, sad faces on a video game? Is that really telling you if I have any emotional <laughs> intelligence? I, I just don't buy it. I really don't buy it. And there's another one, Arctic Shores. So they say they have clients like Deloitte, Xerox, and the BBC. And one of their games is called Yellow Hook Reef in which participants have to deal with issues like storing fresh food on a ship, which the company says test an individual's ability to communicate clearly and learn skills. Storing fresh food. I mean, it's really not that different than, for example, the desert survival exercise, which a lot of companies used to use for management training because it's about decision making. It's not like, you know, you were ever going to work in a desert or be, you know, end up, you know, trying to survive in a desert, but it was about decision making. Maybe it's just... No, but you see, okay, that's in a training program, Julie. This is in evaluating candidates to come to the company at all. This okay. is why I'm saying we could just totally get screened out of anything. If the, I will admit right here, and I know it makes me sound a million years old, I don't think I've ever played a video game. So you put me in front of some console and like maybe Pac-Man back in the day. But I, I do not. <laughs> don't, don't say Pac-Man in the interview, Liz. Whatever you do. <laughs> That's going to really age you. That's just, don't do it. Anyway, so they're all creating these apps that can fast track uh, the uh, the employees that they really want. And I'm just saying, it's not really going to work for me or many of the people I know. So just, uh, you, you are hereby warned, brain teasers in a video game format could be standing between you and your next job. Just just saying. It's, uh, I find that alarming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now we do. Uh, speaking of business, we have a look, have a couple of great sponsors for today's uh, episode of Satellite Sisters. One sponsor. So, uh, but you you may have other just delightful reasons for buying a BarkBox. Go to BarkBox.com forward slash Steffi. When you subscribe, hit yes please when asked if you have a playful pup. Thanks, BarkBox. We know the Satellite Sisterhood loves this product. Oh, hey, Julie, I hear you're dog sitting this week, right? 
I am. I have Lily. This is my son Nick's dog, and she's she's a pound puppy. She's uh, bits and pieces, and uh, so she's here with me. She's very confused uh, because I think before she got to the pound, she lived on the street. So normally she's uh-huh. not a big eater, but here at my house, she's anything I serve her, she's eating it all up really quickly. I think it's her survival strategy. Like she doesn't like it know could be her last meal. Yeah. Like that's you. Like she's with this nice lady, but she doesn't know how long this gig is going to last. Cause she <laughs> thought she was with this nice family with kids, but now they're gone. So okay, she's, well, very, I have a- she's sort of sad. She's just sort of sitting by the window and lo- and, and sad and lonely, but I'm being, I'm being very human. nice to her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have the perfect quiz for you. This was in the paper the other day. The quiz is, is your pet lonely? Okay. I I would like to know if that's what's going on with Lily. Yeah. Okay. It's a true or false. Uh, First one, true or false. True or false. All dogs feel separation anxiety. You just don't know it. Oh, that's true. That is false. Estimates vary on how common separation anxiety is in dogs. She so, is like, she's, she's very sad here, Liz. And I'm sure she misses her family. Right. Hey, but well, you're saying no. Okay. Well, no, they say that they're all along the spectrum, uh, that experts say the only way to know for sure if your pet is distressed when left alone, uh, is to use a webcam or other camera to see exactly what goes on, uh, okay. while you're gone. So I know, I know you're not going to do that, but no. They used remote video to monitor dogs left alone in the house. They found that about one-third were extremely distressed, yelping and running back and forth between the window and the door. Leon, that sounds like your new, you, your new neighbor. Uh, and then fewer than 20% were completely at ease. So many dogs are somewhere in between. Next question. True or false? True or false? Cats can be left alone longer than dogs before exhibiting signs of separation anxiety. I'm going with true on that. I have no information about cats, though. Yeah, yes, that I don't know is true. About cats. Yeah, it's true. Though it varies from pet to pet, most experts say that cats can generally left be left alone longer than dogs can. But that doesn't mean they enjoy being on their own. They have their own signs of cat anxiety, and they've studied this in great detail. Uh, would you like to know what the number one sign of cat anxiety is? <laughs> yes. No. Okay, then- <laughs> no. I don't want to know. Okay, I'm telling you anyway, the number one sign is cats pee on their owner's bed. Okay, so that's... (laughs) Why did you tell us that? Okay. That is true science. That is in the paper, and it's true. Uh, True or false, it's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland. I would say that's true. Sounds very Swiss, doesn't it? Yes, Yes, it it does. It just seems like some overregulation that uh, (laughs) is that because guinea pigs get lonely or something, right? Yeah. Well, they said with the exception of reptiles, most pet species need social interaction. So, uh, yeah, so it's true of guinea pigs and everything else. Unless, you know, you don't need to worry about your lizards, your snakes, the rest of it. Uh, Next up, true or false, Prozac has been approved to treat separation anxiety in pets. True. That is true. Antidepressants, including Prozac and a bunch of others I'm not going to read, have all been approved. And they do recommend that in some cases, the owner may also need some medication (laughs) to deal uh, with the separation anxiety because sometimes it is a little bit on the owner. Um, And uh, the last question, true or false, getting another pet to keep your pet company may help ease separation anxiety. 
Is this a trick question? Because I want to say true, but then they, they, the dog might not want a, a buddy, might feel mm-hmm. jealous. So I'm going to say false. Mm-hmm. It is a trick question. It's true because, yeah, yeah, you would assume that dogs are social animals, unlike cats, right? And, you know, lizards, uh, and that another cat around uh, would be good. And they say that it's not necessarily the solution, but it is often helpful. Uh, unless you have a pet who has been socialized to kind of not have anyone else around. So there you go. Just to, you might want to give Lily uh, the, the quiz. A guinea or, pig? Which I should give Lily a guinea pig. <laughs> yes. I'm sure Nick would appreciate if you got Lily a guinea pig, and then when they got home from wherever they are, you give him back the dog and a new guinea pig. Yep. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if you can hear Steffi barking, but she approves of this line of story. <laughs> okay. All right. Is your pet lonely? I'll post the uh, the quiz on our uh, show notes. Oh, this explains it. I thought this was, is your dog lonely? I'm like, why is Liz talking to us about guinea pigs? I Did I miss this? Is your pet lonely? I pet, got it. Okay. Yes, all kinds of pets. Okay. All right. Uh, well, she I just wanted... don't care about anything except for dogs. That's it, Lee. And you were <laughs> editing it in your head. Is... Is your college kid lonely? That I, that I care about. I, I brought home uh, my college freshman this year. And uh, so I've now read every article on all those websites like Grown and Flown about, you know, okay, your college kid's home for the summer. Now what are you supposed to do? Because this is the first time, even though he's my second son, this is the first time I have sort of the returning college student phenomenon because my older son lived with us for a couple of years and we couldn't wait till he left and he couldn't wait to leave. So... So I didn't really have that you've been gone and now you're back phenomenon. But with Colin, I do. And uh, Julie, you said to me some words of wisdom, as always. You said they're just very, very tired when they come back. They're a wreck. So don't bug them for the first couple of days. Just let them sleep. So that is what I've let him do. He's managing mm-hmm. his own sleep schedule. I'm trying not to wake him up or bug him. Uh, he does have a job. I nagged him ceaselessly for from <laughs> way to go, mom. From, way to go from November to April, and he managed to you know pull together some sort of job that starts at the end of next week. So I thought, well, I can really lay off. Uh, I am surprised at the amount of food we have already gone through in four days. <laughs> like I yeah. just forgot. You know, I wasn't, I forgot that we had to buy not one steak, but two steaks and just like doubling up and tripling up. And, you know, they have dinner and then at 10 o'clock at night, there's more food. And I was back to the habit of like standing in the kitchen. I was like, okay, this has got to change. I've got to set some boundaries here because I don't want to slip back into that habit where I'm just standing in the kitchen all day like I did for 18 years. So, uh, <laughs> so we have that going on, but I'm finding my biggest challenge is that he grew a beard in, in, in his freshman year, but then he had to shave it off because he was in a play where he played a high school kid mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Oh, so now God. he's growing the beard back and I'm oh, like, Oh, okay. And he looks, How's it looking? Is it looking good? Well, it's Liam? now, I just have to see it at the roughest stage, you know? And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. So I'm trying not to bug him about his facial hair. But I have put as many Harry's products as I can in his bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> the power of suggestion. It's, but it is just hair, Liam. You know, it's, just it's not like he's take, taken up tattooing nope. or piercing or something like that. No. So, you know, I mean... It's just hair. Okay. He, he can grow it. He can cut it. He can dye it. 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing is permanent. Right. Yeah. Okay. I just feel like I'm going to have to look at, at the scraggly beard all summer and it may drive me absolutely nuts, but I'm trying not to say anything. So, uh, (laughs) unfortunately he's been sleeping so much. He hasn't even gone out. So we haven't gotten to the stage of like, do you have a curfew? You know, the, whatever you did at college. What's going to be your policy on that? Do you, uh, what do you think? You know, he doesn't stay out late anyway. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to stress about that. I did learn a lot having his older brother living with me to sort of let go of a lot of stuff like that. But, um, but I can't really let go of the facial hair. So I'm struggling, (laughs) struggling, struggling with that. So, well, it's it's probably better than having your husband take up, uh, growing a beard, which a lot of men do, uh, you know, at some point or try to do. That's a good point. Julie, I think we should set some kind of over under in how long Leanna's going to last. She's A week, not a week. Right. Okay. And I can't force him to shave. I'm going to have to deal with it. It's just going to be very painful for me. Right. It's just a question of not mentioning it though. I believe you're right. You can't force him to shave, but you can. Mention oh, it. Yeah, you're right. I can't bug bug him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, do you think you can make it through uh, till next Tuesday to the next? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think one week at a time. I'm going to try. So I'm the over under is seven seven days. Okay, so we'll we'll just see how this experiment goes. <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> Okay, I've got three quick sports stories for you, uh, sport, sporting sisters, uh, that you two know a lot more about sports than I do. But it occurred to me in the I'm just saying department uh, that I was watching the finals of the U.S. Open this weekend uh, on Sunday, you know, and it's it's golf on TV. And it was, I guess, kind of exciting because there was sort of a journeyman player, Brooks Kopka, I uh, was only 27 years old and he tied some big record and he won the U S open and he was excited. And his girlfriend that wore a backless shirt was excited. And, and that was it. But it occurred to me when I was watching, like I can fix, I can fix golf. You know what, you know what golf needs, which I just don't, when you're watching it, I mean, I'm never going to, I don't think I'm going to take it up, but you know, there are times on a Sunday afternoon when golf looks beautiful on TV because of high definition televisions and they have those those nice golf courses. But why, oh, why do we have all the golfers in long pants? OK, those white belts are still around. <laughs> why? Why don't those, you know, because the golfers now are all very fit. They they're are young fit. guys. They're mm-hmm. fit. You know, they're not they don't have big pot bellies. They're not walking or, you know, walking, uh, driving around in golf carts. They're really they take care of themselves. Put the guys in shorts. Right. <laughs> Am I right? If, <laughs> So I mean, you that's take a, a bold idea. Shirt. Yeah, I don't know. It they all, they look uncomfortable in the pants, and they don't seem that. to have the option to wear shorts. Like the women wear shorts and short skirts I know. now. Yeah. I, know. I mean, the caddies are in shorts. Why can't yeah. the golfers be in shorts? And think of think of your favorite sports: soccer, basketball, track and field. What do the men wear? Shorts. shorts. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tennis. It's, shorts. Yep. Shorts. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this would be this would be it if they just if the men could wear shorts. I, it's like the UPS rule. I mean, you love your UPS delivery person. Why? Because they're wearing shorts, right? <laughs> That's it. That's it. It does make them seem friendlier, too. Yeah, it does. I think the whole sport would be lifted up by that. 
uh, Liz, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can work on this. Yeah, okay? that okay. is, that is a bold idea. I'm with Leanne. That's, I, I'm not sure what the rules are on that. Like, why do they all wear pants? I just never really thought about that. Okay. Okay. All right. Good, good idea. Okay. Jill. I'm sure someone Thanks. listening will know some short experiment that was conducted in the past. Who was that guy? Wasn't it Payne Stewart that used to wear the, the knickers? Yeah. The knickers. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. well, what's that about? I mean, okay. And I know some of them where they were talking about uh, that a lot of the golfers were wearing millennial pink, that that now is a big hot color uh, for golfers to wear. They had on pink, pink pants with the white belts, which I hate, and then, or pink shirts. You know, wear the shorts. They look so cute. I mean, they'd be, you know, the guys, they'd look good. That would be, okay. we'd want. That's what I want. Okay. Second you know, topic. and I, I did notice too. Well, now I'm just Googling, why can't men wear shorts on the PGA tour? <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's one way to answer the question. But um, I did notice that it's a woman ahead of the U.S. Golf Association. So maybe you yes. can lobby her directly, Julie, woman to woman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All that's right. it. And just say, I'm just going to go with the whole UPS strategy, <laughs> right? Because I know she probably feels as strongly about her UPS delivery person <laughs> as I do about mine. Okay. Yeah. He's not that good looking, but in shorts, it's working for him, you know? So there you have it. Uh, second thing, yoga, it's the biggest thing ever, you know, and it's so good for you. And we all know that, but I, I believe that yoga has finally jumped the shark as the expression goes. I'm sure this has already happened in LA. I probably started in LA or in Portland, but it has now come to Dallas and that is goat yoga. You, you know, they get the mini goats, which are the darlings of the internet. You know, they're everywhere on the internet. And now you can go to a yoga class and have little mini goats like walking around and getting on top of you. Okay. I assumed that was an internet hoax every time <laughs> I read about that. No, it's true. It's that is actually happening. I just Yes. $20. You go down to Deep Ellum in Dallas and they have goat yoga and you can do it. So, and it's described as sort of more of a petting zoo than an exercise class, but, uh, but none Did you just bring your dog then? Why don't you bring your dog to yoga? Well, um, they do that too, but it's uh, like the mini goats, you know, they're, they're the, do you know, they're the stars of the internet. So that's even cooler than doing yoga with, with your dog. So, okay. All right. Well, so, I, I can't, as a practicing yogi and someone who hates petting zoos, I can't imagine anything worse than the com combination of something I enjoy doing with baby goats. So count me out. I don't think it started in LA. I think it started in Portland. Uh, Portland. I, it, yeah, I, I, it sounds like a Portland thing. Yeah, I mean, we take our yoga pretty seriously here. So, <laughs> so, so Julie, you're not, I'm you're getting not... to the bottom of this shorts thing. I mean, it's, okay. it's controversial. You're not the only <laughs> one talking about this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just FYI. I mean, all right. All yeah. right. Golfers I... want to wear shorts too. I think really take this up. I mean, look, we got women into Augusta. Do it, Jewel. Do <laughs> it. All right. I mean, we brought back toast. Now right. I want shorts. Okay. <laughs> And finally, just the nicest story uh, that someone put up at our Facebook group, uh, and the headlines was about, it said, Seven Sisters, the first all-female relay team for uh, the Ca uh, Catalina Channel Swim. And when I saw this, of course, I read it the way I usually do, which is too fast and too quickly, and uh, just saw the headlines, and I was like, 
seven sisters are doing a relay? Because, you know, the Dolan sisters, we had a pretty fine medley relay going there for we a did. while, right, Liz? Lee and there, there might even be a place in Fairfield, Connecticut, where we still hold the medley relay record. Uh, Leon was too young, but the other four of us, so it was Julie, me, Sheila, Monica, we each had a specialty stroke, and we nailed that medley relay. Yeah, we were, we were, the Dolan sisters were powerful. So the fact that they had seven sisters, I thought this is amazing. But then when I actually read the story, it wasn't that they were, these women were related. It's that, that they all had attended uh, a seven sister college. And these are colleges in the Northeast that uh, were traditionally female colleges, Barnard, Bryn Mawr, Mount Holyoke, Radcliffe, Smith, Vassar, and Wellesley. And these women put together a, you know, first all-female relay team. It's a 40-mile swim. So they did a double crossing of the relay. They swam out to Catalina Island and then back. That and, is awesome. That uh, is I mean, awesome. it is. I mean, that is like you're swimming in the ocean. And they swam for an hour at a time doing this. And they had their crew that works with them for this big, long swim. They were all women as well. And they were asked, well, why were they doing this? And they said it was to embrace and celebrate women coming together to demonstrate their passion, commitment, and drive to accomplish extraordinary things. All right, I like that. How about how great is that? That so is really people, great. Well, so and you people, yourself are a graduate of a Seven Sisters College. Yes, right? I went so. to Smith College. There were several Smith swimmers as part of this. So even though they weren't real sisters, I think we have to give them <laughs> a lot of credit for uh, for putting together such a powerful relay team. Yeah, okay, and let's remember those ocean swims a little bit different than the pool. Hey, do okay. not take away from our record, Leanne. <laughs> okay. Leanne, yes. we, were, we were 12 years old. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot different. Know, you it is. <laughs> and we were related, Leanne. Okay? Okay. That's a good point. Good point. All right, Julie, just delving further into the shorts controversy. Apparently, uh, in Europe, on the European tour, the players are allowed to wear them during the practice rounds, shorts during the practice rounds. And you're right, the caddies can wear them. That was 16 years ago. That was put in place at a very hot tournament. It was almost a mistake. They sort of uh, meant to write it just for a single tournament, the rule, and they rewrote it and the caddies seized on it. Julie, you have a lot of support here amongst professional golfers. So go for it. That's what I I say. I think it's good. And you can see there'd be some cute little European shorts going on too on some of those golfers. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan Spieth, however you say his name, he's with you. Rory McIlroy, he doesn't, he doesn't think it's going to take anything away from the tradition of the game or etiquette or how guys look on the course. So there you go. All right. Okay. All right. One last sports story that we'll put under the hashtag stay noisy category. Uh, and this was just recently in the paper. Uh, you know, Julie, I know you love Zumba. You've been a yes, huge Zumba fan, right? I love it. Mm-hmm. And it is a worldwide phenomenon, including in Iran, where, according to the New York Times, Iran has undergone a health revolution in recent years. So there are gyms and fitness clubs opening in many neighborhoods, and the men are lifting a lot of weights. But the women, it's all about the aerobic dancing and mainly Zumba. Zumba really caught on. However, an edict issued this month by the head of the Sports for All Federation, this is a government institution that promotes sports and healthy lifestyle in Iran, uh, has effectively banned Zumba 
actually any dance exercises for being contrary to Islamic precepts. So what they have a problem with is the hip shaking. Yeah, I would uh, say the pelvic thrusting, no yes. doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And before Which is the, the core, core of Zumba. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, and it has been marketed under other names in Iran because they knew it was kind of on the edge. Some classes, they call it body rhythm. Other classes, advanced aerobics. Somebody was just calling it Mumba, which made me laugh. Uh, but anyway, so now... Zumba, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, so now that the government uh, has come out against this, the instructors and the big fans have to decide what to do. And I just love the spirit of the woman cited in the story here's the only thing she had to say she just said zumba will not be stopped so i love that yes sunny nafisi she's a zumba instructor in tehran sunny says zumba will not be stopped and we just say to you sunny nafisi stay noisy we're very pro zumba so good luck with that oh okay next thing i wanted to mention So I was in Oregon last week. If you listened to last Tuesday's show, you heard that I was in Bend. And uh, I was mainly working on, so it was sort of uh, what I was calling infrastructure week in Bend, Oregon, working on some of the basics for the family reunion we are having there uh, later on in the summer. But that's just a family event. And so all of Bend is not consumed with planning for what we call the Clarman Stampede. Clarman was our mother's maiden name. Clarman Stampede is all of our first cousins on that side coming in. What they are completely consumed about is this eclipse I keep mentioning. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that we didn't know about until you mentioned it. So yes. thank you, Liz. Yep. I know, but I thank you for everyone in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. You know, if you look at the path of the zone of totality, which I believe I have already explained what that concept is. You know, if you're in the zone of totality, this is going to be quite a thing. And it goes from the corner of the Northwest to the Southeast. So there are many satellite sisters across the country who are getting into the zone of totality in various places along that line as it cuts across the United States. But what's happening in central Oregon because it's the high desert and the date is the 21st of August, apparently Central Oregon is being promoted as one of the best places in America to watch this because it is um, very likely to be super clear. It's not going to be cloudy in the desert in the middle of August, just based on the weather patterns historically. So they're driving a lot of people to Central Oregon from all over the world, like where we are camping, the winery winery where we are camping, we know the big group next to us will be um, dozens of astrophysicists from Holland. I think I mentioned that. So they're flying in from Holland. So anyway, Central Oregon is freaked out. Apparently half a million people are coming to Central Oregon, which more than doubles the population. So like a day does not go by that there's not some breaking news about the whole world coming to Central Oregon. And the uh, so there was a headline, uh, the cover story in the weekly newspaper there is called The Source. Uh, the cover story last week was all about um, how fearful everyone is about this crowd coming. And they were branding the whole event Apocalypse. Oh. That that, you know, that they it could be an apocalyptic number of people coming to watch the eclipse, which I think has it 
100% backwards, right? Maybe they are just trying to scare people away. Don't you think that's a little scary? Like, I, you- I wouldn't, it doesn't sound like a family event, like go to the apocalypse. No, yeah, you're not yeah. going to take, yeah. That's- apocalypse, Julie, apocalypse. Oh, 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 see, that's see. the thing. Everything it's- about it's bad. Yes. Yeah. But how doesn't- about, yeah. so he- here's my recommendation. Just switch those two words. For my group, I'm calling it the Eclipsolips. And I, <laughs> doesn't that sound fun? Because I think Eclipsolips sounds like, oh my God, there's going to be a lot of people there. It's going to be really fun. But it puts the focus on the eclipse, not on the apoc. So Eclipsolips 2017, what do you think of that? <laughs> I can I like see it, it on a Liz. t-shirt, Liz. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it. My friend, my friend Christine, who actually was organizing our campsite and everything, and there are like ten of us that are all going to be together. She's just calling us Team Darkness. That that's that's what she's going with as her branding thing. But anyway, the the Eclipse Ellipse 2017 is what I am getting ready for. And uh, but a friend of mine who runs a a restaurant in Bend, uh, you guys have been to the restaurant Jewels, right? It's one of the Really great, sort of the Mediterranean. Her husband uh, was born in Beirut. Delicious food. She said all of their suppliers have already started calling them and saying that whole week we're not going to be able to deliver any food. Like she said, the wine vendor called, said, no, you're going to have to like drive and come get your stuff. So they're really, really caught up in the apoc part of the <laughs> apocalypse. clips. I'm just trying to refocus them. Embrace the eclipse ellipse, people. It's going to be seen. It's like when our parents took us to the tall ships, the bicentennial New York Harbor. We were not scared away. And was it not an awesome event, Julie? That was awesome. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amazing. So there you go. That's my that's my suggestion is eclipse ellipse. That's for free. Anyone can use that. Because <laughs> Liz is learning how to do uh, video games for her yeah. next job. She doesn't need she doesn't need these branding. Ooh, jobs. Maybe there's a game concept there, Julie. Thank you. Okay. Eclipse Ellipse, the video game. I'm on it. <laughs> okay. Well, Liz, you did post a couple weeks ago. You posted the trailer for a movie called Megan Levy, uh, and you said yeah, that said the, made me cry. Yeah, it, you said the trailer made you cry. So I just wanted to let you uh, sisters know that I went to see this. It's based on a, a true story of a young Marine corporal uh, who is played by Kate Mara. Mara, and a military combat dog, a German shepherd lion named Rex. Uh, and uh, I, I highly recommend it to both of you. Okay. Uh, first of all, it's got a very, it's got a good cast. Edie Falco is in it. Brad, Bradley Whitford is in it. Oh. Common is in it. Oh. But Leon, the emotional range of this dog Rex is so <laughs> amazing. And Kate Mara does an outstanding job. She's really a good actress and really carries this vehicle, I think is the movie word they use forward. But it is intense. It is a war movie, and there are some very intense scenes. And I want to warn you that I warn you because uh, if you're sensitive, you just need to know that. But Leon, you definitely need to pack some tissue. But the ending of the movie, Leon, when I saw the ending of this movie, I was like, Leon wrote this ending. She <laughs> must have written this scene. This is a Leon Dolan signature scene. The way this movie ends up, the last scene is so boffo. You, ca- I, I was like, I, I believe Leon must have, you know, sent this in. Like 
here's how you should end the movie because that's how they did it. So oh, now I'm totally going. You know, yeah, I you're... went to go see it this weekend and for some reason it was not playing in Pasadena. It's playing nearby, but um, I'm definitely going to go this week. I, I have I, to I, drive I, a little, but I, I heard mean, it's, I mean, it's got a, a Rex, the German shepherd is amazing in it. He's very, very good. And, Ooh. and, you know, and, and there's lots of, you'll be crying at multiple points in the movie, but it is intense. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's yeah. my only warning for you. Well, but, uh, I, I heard a great interview with the director. Um, she's a woman director and she did a pass on the screenplay as well, but she came from documentaries. So she had done a lot of documentaries for the history channel and national geographic on the Iraq war. So she's very familiar with war scenes. Maybe that's why they're so realistic. And then she also directed um, the documentary Blackfish. And this is her first. Oh, that's right. This is her first narrative work. And she said they saw dozens of dogs. And when they saw Rex, they knew right away that he (laughs) was the dog. You know, that's such a Hollywood story that yeah. he came in and she was like, he was it. Like, he just blew all the other dogs out of the water. So oh. it was a really good interview with her. It was fascinating. But, um, okay. No, it's definitely so, on my list. I went, I wanted to go Sunday and it just wasn't playing locally for some reason. So I have to get in my car and drive. But it sounds okay. like it's totally worth it. Yeah, totally so Julie, would you it. say not family friendly? Like, don't bring your kids. To- no, I mean it's very mm-hmm. intense. The war mm-hmm. scenes were I, so for young children. No, I would not. Bring, I wouldn't bring my grandchildren to see this movie. No. So. Okay. All right, I have two recommendations, um, both from, you know, it's great to be able to recommend books from Satellite Sisters. That's the way I feel. Uh, We have acquired a stable of people who are both listeners and excellent writers and people who have been on the show and people who are active in our Facebook page. So I'm happy to recommend a couple of books this for this summer reading, first of all, Ellen Herrick, longtime Satellite Sister listener, lives there in Boston and out on the Cape. She has a place. Her first book was called The Sparrow Sisters, which I know a lot of people read. And it I was, read that and really enjoyed that. Yeah, it had kind of it was sort of mad, literary, magical thinking about kind of vaguely witches and a lot of gardening. So her new book is called The Forbidden Garden, and I finished it uh, last week while I was on vacation, and I really, really enjoyed it. Ellen, well done. Fantastic. So The Forbidden Garden by Ellen Herrick. Pick it up. You're going to love it. Get both. Get The Sparrow Sisters and then get The Forbidden Garden. If you love gardening, they're just... She writes about gardening in a very evocative way, gardening and gardens and flowers and plants. And uh, so if that's your jam in particular, I think you will really love this book. Plus, it has a little bit of magical thinking, and I like that too. And then the second book is by Annabelle Gerwich, who's been on the show several times and has become a friend of mine. She's a uh, she's in, She writes for a lot of different um, outlets. She's a commentator on NPR. She's had one women shows and she has a very funny collection of essays about her very funny family. It's just entitled wherever you go, there they are, which is, (laughs) we know that that's a funny, that's a funny title. (laughs) And she's a funny person. She writes about it very honestly. I, I saw her at a luncheon in December. I was with her. She had just lost her mother and she'd just been through a very traumatic year and she got up and she gave just a really wonderful, funny, quirky, brave speech. And I was so happy to finally get to her book and read some of her essays. And she's been out on a book tour. So on my, on my author p- page, I put a link to um, her appearance.
appearance on a on a podcast. But um, the book is called Wherever You Go, There They Are. If you have a wackadoodle family, you can relate to. And who doesn't? Yeah, and who doesn't? Who doesn't really have a wackadoodle family? But that's the truth. Wherever you go, there they are. So wonderful book by Annabelle Gerwich. So wanted to recommend those two books by Satellite Sisters this week. Okay. All right. We will put those links. Remember, our show notes are always at SatelliteSisters.com. And I'll put links to the promo codes for our sponsors, too, thanks to RX Bar and BarkBox this week. And HelloFresh. Don't forget HelloFresh. So what do you guys have going on for the rest of the week? Anything uh, anything good? Got to get myself a guinea pig. So uh, (laughs) that's about it, Liz. You know what, Liz? Tomorrow I was invited by the U.S. Olympic Committee to an event at the L.A. Coliseum. And they are enshrining there at the L.A. Coliseum two great female athletes, uh, one of which you've had on Satellite Sisters, Anita DeFranz. Uh-huh. Uh, who was a was a rower? Amazon was uh, very has been instrumental in the U.S. Olympic movement and is on the International Olympic Committee. And the second is Joan Benoit Samuelson. <gasps> oh, who, how who great. doesn't love her? Great she, marathoner. That's right. Whereas you remember in 1984 in the L.A. Coliseum when little Joni Benoit came running in in that silver track outfit and tipped her hat and won the first gold medal in the women's marathon. So I am going to, they're being enshrined there with a plaque and there's breakfast, I understand, and uh, an opportunity to rub shoulders with some Olympians. So I'm doing that tomorrow morning. Oh, that, that sounds, sounds exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a sort of semi-major car service fail yesterday, so I'm going to have to recommit myself to that today. I took my car in for 95,000-mile service, which I don't know if that's a thing, but I just made it a thing because I know later this summer I'll be driving up to Oregon, and I always like to make sure my car is ship-shaped before I do that. And while I was there, I said you know, I got this airbag recall notice. Are you guys ready to do this again? Remember, we talked about this mm-hmm. uh, a couple of months ago that my passenger side airbag was one of those Takata airbags, which was defective. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, we can do that, no problem. So I dropped the car off yesterday morning and then walked home, did all my stuff all day on foot. And then at the end of the day, I got the call. You can come get your car. Everything's done. We did the service. We did the airbag. So then I walked back over there and uh, they let me pay, of course, first. And then I'm standing outside for, you know, 20, 30 minutes waiting for my car to come out of, you know, the secret place where they keep all the cars they're working on. And finally the guy comes out and says, oh, I'm really sorry. We never got around to the airbag thing. Uh, I thought it was done. They didn't do it. What do you want to do? Well, okay. What do you think I want to do? I would like, (laughs) I would like, you want to hit you over the head with an airbag. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He said, if you want to like wait for a while, we could do it right now for you. And I said, well, when you say for a while, what's that? He said like an hour and a half. And it was already 530 at night. So I didn't want to do that. So, so last night I just walked home again. I mean, God knows I need the exercise. So, you know, it was helpful for Operation Sea Turtle that uh, my car is now hostage at the dealer. So he said, I promise we'll take care of it tomorrow and we will call you as soon as it happens. So uh, I guess the good news is that while, if you heard my phone ringing while we recorded that um, that show that we just did, yes, that was my car dealer calling. I can only assume that it's good news to say they finished it or maybe 
they're not going to be able to do it because remember they didn't have the parts or something anyway. So one thing I have to do today is walk back over to the car dealer and get my car. But then I will be once I like get that airbag in there, not that I ever sit in the passenger seat, but I think it was probably the right thing to do. Don't you agree? Yes. <laughs> it is wise for passengers like, like us that might yeah. be in your car. Yes. yes. Thanks. Liz. Anyway. Yeah. I can't believe you have 95,000 miles on that car, but I guess you've had it a while. Yeah. I've had it a while. I bought yeah. it. Yeah. It's, I, it's 10 years old. Oh, okay. Well then there uh, you go. Yeah. And remember I bought it used and oh. it already had, it already had 10,000 miles on it when I bought it. Yeah. And remember the reason I bought that car is because I had a two door and I used to, uh, some of my job was driving mom or dad around to their various appointments and then mom broke her hip and they were unable, neither mom nor dad were able to get in and out of the back seat of my <laughs> yeah, two-door car. So I gave, I gave uh, the two-door car to Leon and I bought the four-door. No, like, to little, Sheila. I didn't get your yeah, car. To Sheila. Oh, yeah, to, to, Sheila. to Sheila. I have my own cars. I don't need you to give yeah. me cars. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I gave it to Sheila and then I bought the same car you had, Leon, yes. the four-door wagon, which, you know, I've had 10 great years out of. Mm. But anyway, it's still in pretty good shape. So mm. yeah, that's my car history in case you ever wanted to know. Uh, well, okay. Good luck with that today, Liz. Hope it works out. Thank you. Thank you. So I guess that is it for today. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter. We're at Sat Sisters. I'm at SS Liz. Leon, you are? At Leon Dolan. And Julie, you are at Julie Satsis, right? Yeah. Who knows why, but that's what I am. <laughs> yes, you're at Julie Satsis on Twitter and you're at Julie Oldest Sister on Instagram. I've yeah. Noticed. Yeah. Just oh. who yeah. knows why. And we're, we're also that at... I couldn't remember the passwords, so I had to make up different names. Yeah. I think that's why I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I, a friend of mine tweeted the other day resetting your password is the new signing up for something or something, but it's true. Like I, you reset your password almost every time now. Okay. We are the satellite sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for filling out the survey. We mentioned at the top of the show, that'll be important to us. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>